1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join
0: the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this
1: podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 snack bracket championship. The Frito-Lay
0: snack challenge is underway and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about prime time matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles ridges reign supreme? Hello again and welcome back to a special episode of the Finsider Daily right here on the Finsider part of the SB Nation Network. Today I break down my trip to Miami. I talk about the Miami Dolphins 43-0 loss to the New England Patriots and what it means for the Miami Dolphins moving forward. All of this and more on today's episode of Finsider Daily. And hello again, everyone, and welcome back to a special episode of Finsider Daily. I am your host, Josh Houtz. You can follow me on Twitter at at Houtz, H-O-U-T-Z, and we're not going to spend much time talking about the actual game. We know the Miami Dolphins laid an egg once again, 43-0 at home to the New England Patriots. At the very least, the field looked great, the jerseys looked great, the uniforms looked awesome. The Dolphins, though, overall did not look good at all, and when you think about it, you know, if they truly are trying to tank, which is what a lot of people believe, they're going after Tua Tungovaloa. Damn, I practiced that all day long. I thought I had it. I, I messed up. Valoa. Tua Valoa. Okay, so there we go. I learned how to say it today. There was some that uh, they actually told you how to pronounce his name. So I, I read up on that. I got ready because I do think the Dolphins are truly tanking for Tua I think that is, you know, if they don't land Tua, there's serious problems. I mean, you you can go after a Herbert, you can go after a Love, but there is only one Tua. But we're not going to get into that. Let's jump right into this 43-0 lashing. I'm going to tell you my experience. For those that don't know, I was able to fly down to Miami. I left my wife, my two daughters. My wife's the real MVP. My sister-in-law came down and looked over them. So thank you for doing that while I could go down there and live a dream. Kevin Noggle. ESPN, Nation, Scott Stone, the Miami Dolphins allowed me to go down there, sit in the press box, watch the game with some of the, our favorite writers, and to be a true professional. You know, I got to go down the field. Uh, Maria C. Alonzo was awarded the 2019 Hesperic Heritage Leadership Award. Jason Jenkins gave that out to her pregame. We got to go down the field. Great, great experience coming out of the tunnel. You got to see the Dolphins players coming out. I posted a video of Jakeem Grant. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, kissing their children. But overall, you know, you just got a sense of what these guys go through. You know, I, I sit here and I write for several outlets. I've been a part of the Finnsider for, what, close to four years now. I've been given all sorts of opportunities and to sit there and see what the, these guys who, you know, they're kind of the reason that some of us sit here and write and do the things we do. You got to see the way they interacted. You saw some of the national media there. Jeff Darlington was definitely in attendance because it was Antonio Brown's game. Uh, first game with the New England Patriots. But all that aside, I mean, it was just a heck of an experience. Got to go down to the locker room after the game. Posted some videos up on the Cider earlier today, so you can go check that out. I'll probably link it in this article. But yeah, it, it was just a great experience. And, you know, it made me realize that what I do is appreciated. You know, I try to give my own little unique spin, try to do these memes. You know, wh- whatever it is, I, I try to be different. I try to do the whole, you know, breaking down a film, even though I'm not a guru or by any sorts of the imagination. I did once play fifth quarter in Wee football. as a pretty good safety tight end tandem. Got to make sure I touch on that. But, but overall, the experience was great. You know, just going down there, it was kind of a bit bumpy. My wife got everything situated. I got to the airport, almost left my wild in the car, parked in Timbuktu, you know, barely made my first flight. Second ba- flight back was a little bit better. You know, driving around Miami was fine. Went to a couple breweries, got some nice juicy IPAs. But overall, I mean, it was a great experience, a very humbling experience, and I just hope that someday I get that chance to do that again. Again, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, SB Nation. Thank you, to Miami Dolphins. And thank you, Scott Stone, for setting that up. So Dolphins lost 43-0. You know, it was a sad game, sad state of affairs, kind of what we started to expect from the Miami Dolphins. But then they traded Minka Fitzpatrick, and you know, you I got to interview or stand in on the interview with Minka Fitzpatrick there at the end of the game, stand in the locker room. He did mention, as long as he is in Aqua and Orange, this is his team. It didn't quite seem like his. You know, he was very confident he would be here long term. We heard Stephen Ross's, uh, you know, his thoughts earlier in the season, earlier in that day. He gave his thoughts on the whole Minka Fitzpatrick situation. It was made very, very clear that you know. This was a man on the way out. Uh, the Dolphins saw an opportunity with Pittsburgh, with Ben Roethlisberger getting injured. We know some other picks were traded here and there. I think a fourth was given up by the Dolphins this year for a fifth. And then next year, a sixth for a seventh. Uh, I think they just swapped rounds in the last two years. But what the Dolphins are getting is, again, a potential top ten first-round draft pick. And this is now three for Chris Greer, so you got to tip your hat to him. I know a lot of people are saying why did they get rid of Minka Fitzpatrick. I really don't know. If it were up to me, they would have put him at boundary, maybe let him excel at nickel like he was doing already. But this was a guy who I thought, you know, we have Xavier Howard. We have some other pieces on defense. I truly believe Megan Fitzpatrick was probably going to be the best guy when all was said and done. We will never see that here in Miami, unfortunately. He's under contract for another four or five years, so the Steelers get an absolute steal.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
0: But again, he was the 11th overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. And you look at it now, and the Dolphins potentially have a top 10 pick in the 2020 draft. And, you know, I I know it's potatoes to potatoes, apples to oranges, whatever the hell the saying is. But the Dolphins got a pretty good haul here, especially for a team that just lost their quarterback. We know the Steelers signed Paxton Lynch. We know they had Mason Rudolph, who they invested a high pick in. But let's be honest, with Ben Roethlisberger out, that team is not the same team. We see Cleveland doing work in that division. We see Baltimore doing work in that division. It's going to be very hard for Pittsburgh to fight their way back in that AFC North. So, you know, they're a couple games out of having the dagger putting them. The Dolphins do play them later in the season on Monday Night Football. Micah Fitzpatrick getting his revenge up there in uh, Pittsburgh. I do believe the game is in Pittsburgh. Maybe I will venture out there. Probably not because I hate Pittsburgh and everything it stands for. But let's be honest. The Dolphins got what they could for a man who did not want to play in Miami. A guy who, you know, no matter how hard Stephen Ross, Chris Greer, Brian Flores tried to amend that relationship. It just never came back together. Good riddance, Mick Fitzpatrick. I do still believe you're going to be a superstar. But again, like the Laramie Tunsil trade, the Dolphins just had, they saw too good of an opportunity to pass up. Again, more so in this situation, Mika Fitzpatrick just didn't want to be here. And if a guy doesn't want to play for you, he can go. I mean, we've been fans of this team for our, our entire life. You know, if a guy that's been here for, what, one season cannot go out there and give his heart and soul, play a bunch of different positions because, like when he was drafted, he said he could do that. You know, he said that was something he strived at, and then given this situation this year, you know, he wanted to play safety or boundary corner, whatever the report is, it's just unsettling and not something you really thought Minkah Fitzpatrick would stand for, but, again, he is no longer with the Miami Dolphins. They have a slew of first-round draft picks to spend next year. And I'm excited to see what they can do with them. I mean, obviously they need to get a quarterback. And again, I think Tua is the guy. I think their plan is to hopefully suck enough to get Tua, tank for Tua, tank of Voila, voila, whatever you want to call it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's who the the Dolphins want. You know, Justin Herbert's fine and dandy. Jordan Love would be fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, they're not Tua. They're not this once-in-a-generation type quarterback prospect the Dolphins have an opportunity to land an Andrew Luck. And you keep hearing comparisons to Drew Brees and Steve Young and these other playmakers that you could just build a franchise around. The Dolphins could use that first overall pick on Tua and then build around him. You know, whether it's an offensive lineman in the first round, maybe you get one of those elite pass rushers, the Chase Youngs, the A.J. Epinesas, the different players in this draft. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Dolphins have three first-round picks. You know, they got two in the second round. Drew Brees is now injured. You know, Teddy Bridgewater ran back to Drew Brees' shadow. Now Drew Teddy Bridgewater is thrown into the fire now that Drew Brees is injured. So that second-round pick for the Dolphins could also be very high because the Saints, you know, they made that last second field goal against Houston week one, but they can't I, I don't know that they can win games with Teddy Bridgewater. So the Dolphins took a gamble with the New Orleans pick. You know, they could not predict that Drew Brees is going to get hurt, but now that he is, I mean – Drew, take your time, please, because the higher that second-round pick is, the better it is for the Dolphins. Again, you turn your attention to that first-round pick from Pittsburgh. The Dolphins have the potential of to two top-10 picks. Houston's a wild card here. I mean, they're winning games, they're they're losing close games, but things could fall apart there as well. You know, I'm not, I'm still not sure certain that Bill O'Brien is the guy there. So I think that there could be some falling out there. My biggest concern is that with this tank, you know, there's more and more players that the Dolphins could have to build upon that come out and say they want traded. We know Kenyon Drake could be one of them. We know he's in a contract season. So, as much as I do believe he is the better running back on the roster, Caitlin Balaj, I mean, this coaching staff absolutely loves him. He's been pretty much a ghost. You know, he has not played well, cannot catch the football, had a huge turnover there against the, the Patriots, looked glum as can be, like, just did not look happy after that game. I posted that video as well. You can go check that out. But Kenyon Drake is a playmaker, and I think he could be an asset to a playoff team. Again, in a contract year, try to trade him if you have to. I mean, do him a favor and get yourself another draft pick, some other guys. I mean, Albert Wilson, you know, he could be a guy that might want out. I just don't know. There could be any veteran at any time that could come out and say the exact same thing Minkah Fitzpatrick did, and that's, I don't want to be here. You know, I I want to go to a winning team. I don't want to play the role that you're asking me to play, and I don't want to stand around and watch you rebuild and and just throw things away. You know, Minkah Fitzpatrick was a potential superstar. Larry Tunsil was a potential superstar. You, You saw Xavier Howard jokingly post... That GIF on Twitter, you know, he was standing alone in a room just looking around like, where did everybody go? And that's kind of what's starting to happen here. You have to love the, the draft picks that the Dolphins do have. And you got to kind of love who's in charge. You know, Chris Greer got rid of Mega Fitzpatrick. Does that mean that that was an Adam Gase pick last year? I, I don't know. That's pure speculation. But Chris Greer now has all these assets. He brought in Barvin Allen this offseason. He brought in Reggie McKenzie. The Dolphins have one of the more experienced front offices in the NFL and then they got Brian Flores who scouted with New England for how many years before becoming a coach, a coordinator and then getting now taking over in Miami. I mean, people are down on Brian Flores. I do jokingly think a guy like Lincoln Riley or John Harbaugh or is it Jim I I really don't I, I get him mixed up. I think it's Jim Harbaugh. If Jim Harbaugh, you know, became available from Michigan. I do think maybe Ross would, you know, he he would definitely consider because He's human, and we saw him travel across country when Sperano was here to, to talk to Jim Harbaugh. Whether that was from Michigan or to come to Miami, no one really knows, but he made that trip. He has no problem firing coaches early and paying them throughout it. So I do think Brian Flores deserves the benefit of the doubt. I do think, you know, better days are coming, but if a guy, the right guy, comes available. I don't know necessarily be this year because I do think that this was the plan. You remember at the beginning, Brian Flores came into his interview with a book, you know, with his plan of how to turn the Dolphins around. What if this guy came in there with this Tua Tungvaloa plan to go out there and tank in 2019? You know, you could not have predicted the Laramie Tunsling. You could not have predicted Minkah Fitzpatrick. Those are guys that you believe are going to be here long term. But when you got the assets that you did... You know, two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil, a first-round pick that could be a potential top-ten pick for uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, you can't pass that up. And now they have all these assets heading into next year. They need to get Tua, plain and simple. I mean, I I, I do think Justin Herbert's decent. I can see comparisons there to Josh Allen, and maybe it's just the, the tall guy with the rocket arm and, you know, the good mobility. But I, I just don't know that that does it for me. And they keep comparing, you know, Tua to a Steve Young or a Drew Brees. That is what I want my franchise quarterback to be. And if you have to go 0 16 to achieve that, I don't care. Go and be 0 16. I wasn't alive to watch the Dolphins go undefeated. I will be more than happy to be alive to watch the Dolphins go 0 16 if that means getting us to I stand by that. You know, before the season started, we all have had high hopes and we thought, you know, okay, maybe this be another first year head coach going in there with a veteran quarterback that could could make plays and, and, you know, win some games, you know, make this team look respectable. But early on, I mean, let's be honest, the Dolphins have looked terrible. They were outscored 102 to 10 over a two-week span. They were on pace to be the worst team in the NFL. If you're going to be the worst team in the NFL, be as bad as the Miami Dolphins are doing. I jokingly said, you know, for 20 years now, the Dolphins have been somewhat mediocre to a lesser extent. And if now, you know, now they're trying to tank. They're actually good at being bad, and I think they need to continue to go here. If, if teams want to call and and take some of these veteran players that aren't part of the long-term plan away, give you draft assets, do that, and then you're going to get worse on the field, continue to put out this performance. You know, you, you want to see Josh Rosen out there, and that's something I'll talk about later down the road. I still think Josh Rosen should be the starting quarterback. You saw him come in there, and he almost threw a dime to uh, – to, to Devontae, to Preston Williams on the sideline, and then Jakeem Grant. Sorry, the Devontae Parker one was earlier from Ryan Fitzpatrick that I dropped. He had a perfect pass to Preston Williams that was dropped, and a perfect pass to Jakeem Grant. Both were probably touchdown passes, and two passes that looked better than anything Ryan Fitzpatrick has done since joining the Miami Dolphins. If it was a true competition, like they said, Josh Rosen should have been the starting quarterback week one. He absolutely should be the starting quarterback now, but... Twofold. if you're trying to tank, why not have the worst of the two quarterbacks in there? So I'm a bit torn here. I mean, I think Josh Rosen still has trade value, as C.K. Parrott has mentioned. You throw him out there, he looks bad behind a very bad team with very bad supporting cast. He loses trade value. Right now, maybe you can get back a second or third round pick. I don't agree with trading Josh Rosen. I still think Josh Rosen can be a starting quarterback in the league, and I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to die on that hill. But the Dolphins are not doing anything to help him succeed this year. When they traded away Laramie Tunstall, they made it very, very clear that the plan was to draft a quarterback, Etua Tungvaloa, in 2020. And that is what the Dolphins are going to do. I think they're tanking. They're doing things the right way. Trust the process, folks. I I know this was a a lot. I didn't even get to tell you much about my trip, but I I just went on a pretty nice rant. And, you know, this is the state of the Miami Dolphins. It's okay to lose games, but at the end of the day, good things are going to come. For this episode of the Finsider Daily, right here on the Finsider part of the SP Nation Network, I'm Josh Houts. I'll talk to you next time.